This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Warning, the following program is not for the weak-hearted. Those who are closed-minded... In general, you're scared to learn what's behind closed doors. Here at Sapphire's Airplay, I want you to pour the wine, grab somebody that you want to hold on to, or better yet, get the vibration stimulated through your body. Get ready for one hell of an orgasm in five, four, three, two, one. What is up all you sexy motherfuckers out there in Radio Land? It's your girl, Sapphire. Closing out the month, yes, women's History Month, Women's Month, Pussy Month, whatever you want to call it, we are closing out the month with none other than, now let me just introduce this woman real quick. I met her through the Moan app. A lot of the Moansters have been taking over Earplay this past season, which I am just so, so thankful. So, so thankful. Thank you for making these specials just for what they are. But I came across this lovely being of a woman and was introduced through King Dom. Of course, we we got into a very controversial topic talking about BNWO and thank you guys so much for just being so receptive to that episode. Well, now this is going to be considered almost like a follow-up, if if you will, with none other than Lady Anaconda. Cut holders, queen of spades, a lifestyle mentor, and just an all-around badass. And just thank you so, so much, lady, for just taking time out of your schedule, especially right now, because you're about to drop the biggest, biggest mixtape of a lifetime. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so thank you so much for being available for this episode today. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here, especially during Power of the Pussy Month. Woo! Very happy to be here. For real, for real. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, OK, I'm just going to be real honest this might trigger a lot of folks listening um i'm myself you know i'm growing out of my comfort zone and talking about such a topic as this and queen of spades and talking about bnw lifestyle and just talking about racial fetishisms if you will because this is a very this is a topic that can get a little uncomfortable so if y'all are willing to get uncomfortable with me let's journey through it but i'm not gonna stir you on and i hope you guys do take something out of it just like you did with the last episode so let's jump into it lady anaconda what made you be this queen of spades like walk us through the journey what made you just say one day i'm gonna be this force to be reckoned with when it comes to queen of spadum or whatever you call it, representing Queen of Spades? Well, it definitely started before I had any terminology to apply to the lifestyle I was living. You know, I was in college. Um, I had come from a mostly white town. And then I was immersed in a giant public university where I was meeting um, not just black men and women, but people from all over the world. Um, you know, it was a big university. And my first time getting to interact with different people different cultures and I just was drawn to black men and I felt so much more comfortable so much more myself uh something about just their confidence and the fact that they just they challenged me weren't scared of me was something I'd never really experienced uh beforehand um and not that I just dated white guys but you know I'd never dated a black man prior to that so it was just a big shift for me energy wise and I loved it and, you know, didn't know anything about the kink community, fetish lifestyles, nothing like that. But I had a bunch of, you know, white guy friends that were in the social circle I was in that were obsessed with the fact that I was dating black men and wanted to hear, hear all the details in a way that I wouldn't have expected supposed straight men to want to hear the details, if that makes sense. Interesting. And one in... Yeah, like wanting to hear not even just like, I mean, mostly the sexual raunchy mm -hmm. details, but even just wanted wanted to just know about what, what we would do, how we would hang out, like what we what we would talk about. And I was just so like, what, what is your fascination? And I would make fun of them. 
Because I'm like, what are you, what's wrong? Like, you already sit around all day and talk about, because I'm not super into sports. So I always think it's weird that guys sit around all day and talk about other men. Um, in general, I don't really understand that. So I was making fun of them, like just wanting to hear about these these men that I was dating. And I had one guy in particular who now I can see had a cuckold fetish. But again, I didn't have the terminology for that back then. Mm-hmm. I had no idea I could t- tie him up in a chair and he would love to watch. Like I didn't realize it to that extent at the time. You know, I was like 19, uh, 20 years old. But he wanted to just drive, he wanted to take me out shopping. He wanted to take me to dinner and just like hear all about it. He wanted to like buy the the Black Kings that I was with. He wanted to like buy them groceries. He wanted to like buy them gifts, buy them, you know, whatever it was, liquor, gifts, food, gas. And he would drive out when we were not even on campus. He would drive an hour out of his way to pick me up and bring me to a dick appointment, wait for me and bring me home. And I just would emasculate and humiliate him in front of mutual friends that we had. Like constantly, he just wow. ate it up. Wow. And that was my first experience with with cuckolding, but at the same time, not knowing that that's what it was, you know? And it just, it was fun. It felt so natural, you know? It was hilarious when he would drop me off sometimes and walk me to the door and, you know, like whoever I was going to see that night would like open the door and like, let me and be like, what's he doing here? Like, he can leave. Like, you know, it, it, like he would just get dismissed, like to his face. And it, it just, it was so fun for me to like mess with him that way. I would like go to parties at his house and like, I would have sex with his sexy uh, uh, friends that were all black kings and then like sleep in his bed and not let him touch me. Like, you know, just little things like that. And that right. was my first experience with this kinkier side of myself. And it drove him crazy. He would claim, he would pretend that he would get mad about it because he'd be like, well, I I could satisfy you. And I'm like, well, you're never going to get a chance to try. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. And, you know, he would try to talk about his dick size and I would make fun of his dick size. I'd be like, well, that's not big enough. That's not good enough. That can't satisfy me. Um, Like I need real men. I need men that like challenge me. I can walk all over you. So I can't take you seriously. Like I would just say everything I was thinking, just say it right to him. And I just never had anybody be such a glutton for punishment, you know? And at the time, I just didn't even think about the fact, oh, he's sexualizing it in some way. Like I wasn't thinking about it actively and breaking it down. Um, So that wasn't until years later when I was uh, dating. He was my boyfriend then. He's my husband now. Um, He was just a little more familiar with the fetish world. And he kind of was like, do you realize that this is what you've been doing? Like, take a look. There's a whole community out there of, you know, women like you, Men like that, black kings that like to play, you know, you know, typically they're called bull in that, you know, dynamic of hot wife, bull, cuckoldress, you know, these are these terms all of a sudden that I'm like, oh, wow, like a lot of these fit, like just they, they fit me perfectly. Obviously, I'm not a hot wife. I, I can clarify that, you know. What exactly? I don't when, date white boys. I was going to say, <laughs> what exactly is a housewife? Like, does housewife only pertain to white women? Because I've always been con- like, oh, it's confused definitely by that not. Term. Yeah. Okay. It can be, you can be of any, you, like, for instance, you could be a trans woman and be a hot wife. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just being, to me, being a hot wife is where you have a cuckold partner. Okay. Um. So, I mean, I know, and again, I don't, I don't like to say that these are everybody's definitions, but like my understanding, there's like cuckold, there's also stag, a stag might be, he might still play Mm -hmm. on his own, but a lot of times a cuckold experiences a lot of denial. That's like a female led relationship. A lot of times where she may or may not keep him in chastity, but it's more about her pleasure. The focus is on the woman having a good time, doing what she likes to do, playing with who she wants to play with and I mean, in a way, it's like a consensual cheating thing, right? Where the cuckold's perfectly aware that this is going on. He might even be in the room. He right. might be playing. He, he might be doing cleanup. He might be holding her legs. He might be filming. He might be just watching from a chair. Um, but he's not necessarily interacting. But then there's also, you know, like stags or whatever that um, they might. <laughs> the, the woman plays with her partner and then he has sex with her after. And there might be, it might just be, you know, them reconnecting. It might be them coming together and she humiliates him and says, oh, I can barely feel you. 
you're so much tinier than, you know, so there right. are so many, so, so many levels. So, so many. And it's funny because in the previous episode that I, that we were talking about cuckolding with Venus, you know, there was like this loving side and then there was the humiliation side. Now, would you say mm-hmm. bringing into play with, you know, Queen of Spades and cuckoldry, is there more of a humiliation? Because again, when I'm thinking about these racial fetishes that are coming up, for me, it's a trigger point as a black woman because I do not like to be objectified for my blackness. Thank you mm-hmm. for acknowledging that I'm black, but let that not be the main focal point. You know what I mean? And I get that mm-hmm. a lot, especially because of the fact that I'm with a white partner, predominantly a white partner. I've gotten a lot of flack from that, you know, coming out as polyamorous, but also I'm seen as perverted if you will I'm seen as not being true to my own black identity because I mess with people outside of my race and I'm like well the problem is with me here in LA at least I'm not going to generalize and say there's nobody in you know the U.S. that wants to get with a polyamorous woman like me it's just in my experience as a black woman when I try to seek black partners the hang-up is usually polyamory They can't get down with sharing me with other partners or the fact that I do like to just live life very free and open sexually. So it's like when I see a lifestyle like this with white women who put black men and black folks on a pedestal, it's kind of like, what are y'all's true intentions, you know? And I know I'm Mm -hmm. not the only one who has probably asked you this too, but we do see this commonly where white people white men white women become so fixated on just the blackness of sexuality but when it comes to the real social injustices that come outside of the bedroom y'all don't give a fuck about us it's like we're just a tool in the bedroom and that's it and i'm not saying that this is your case but whenever i hear about queen of spades there's always that connotation that y'all are just in it for the sexual pleasure nothing else Absolutely. No. And I and I can tell you also um, not to fully speak for him, but my black king and I have had a lot of conversations where he when he was younger, especially um, he felt like he would try to pursue black black women in school, like, you know, when he was a teenager mm-hmm. and they didn't like him. And it and it turned and that he's he, the way he would describe it to me is because of where he was. He was he was either too preppy or he was to whatever again you'll have to talk to him about i don't want to speak entirely for him but he's dealt with a similar thing where you know people question how much he appreciates his own blackness because he's dating or married to a white woman right so um you know definitely something that's come up in our relationship too just in the sense of him being like you know because again what we do what i like to do every time i try to go on any sort of live space whether it's moan or something else I make it clear I don't jump on anybody else's page or tell them you shouldn't do this. I don't women that are in a cuckold relationship with a white man. And, you know, like I don't be like, you need to lock him in chassis. You need to do this. Do that. That's their relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not my relationship. It's their relationship. So, you know, my partner and I don't tell regardless of what we do. We don't tell anybody else how they should live their life. But if you come into my space and you ask me what I like or what I think or what I'm into, I'm going to be honest with you about it. And if you take it personally, that sounds like a personal problem because again, like these are our own relationships. Um, But the, definitely the term QoS, Queen of Spades, I knew it was controversial and we had a lot of conversation in the beginning about whether or not it was a term I or we should use. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, and this was something that came up uh, with some of the controversy that was going on on Twitter the other day with the back and forth was that m- me saying that my king was isn't hung up on terminology because he feels like it's out there and all you can try to do is either reclaim it, reshape it, challenge it. You can't complain about it and it's going to go away. Um, so I have gotten support from him other black kings and queens, um, St. Sarah being one of them, to try and use the term QoS to shape it in a different way because we have done activism, for instance, from the beginning of coming online with House of Anaconda, the modeling agency, Lady Anaconda, my own brand. Um, And 
I've attracted other women that are partners with black men that enjoy these cuckolding, domination, fin-dom uh, kinks to actually challenge and educate our subs in a way that's very different from what we normally see from women that call themselves QoS. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of hot wives like to call themselves QoS and for them that just means that they're BBC only. They are black men, black dick exclusive. That's all it means. So most people see it as you are a white woman with a white husband, but you only fuck black men. You are a QoS. Okay. That I'm glad you brought that up because again, that's all I see online is how much, right. you know, one, looking up QoS for research purposes, let me just say right now, we got to do better. We got to do better on the representation for research purposes, because if I read another fucking blog that slut shames women, listen, I understand that this might not be my thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. But when I am genuinely trying to find like legitimate answers, can we not slut shame the women who are partaking in this lifestyle because we cannot speak for all women. Yes, I have encountered white queen of spades on the Mon app. This was mm -hmm. just a few months ago in which I was like, okay, when King Dom told me about you, I'm mm -hmm. not going to lie. I was kind of like, what makes her different from the last chick that was basically saying, it's okay for me as a white woman to say the N-word. That's how she opened up. This is how she opened yeah. up the moan chat. I'm not going to out her name. And mm -hmm. people listening may know who I'm talking about who were at the moan space at the time. But she opens up the room, y'all, and says, as a white woman, y'all can't tell me I'm not allowed to use the N-word when my king is black. And you're saying this to a bunch of black folk. Right. No, that's not okay. This is why we have such a controversial uh, divide, if you will, when it comes to this lifestyle, because you open up with some bullshit like this. So then mm -hmm. when he told me about you and he's like, no, no, no. Talk to her. Hear her out. She's not going to steer you wrong on, you know, what homegirl did, because what she did was wrong. You know, yeah. that that to me kind of just defeats the purpose, because if you're trying to amplify black people especially in a lifestyle saying right off the bat that you have the right to basically own us by name mm -hmm. and leading with purpose. your entitlement exactly Just leading with that privilege and that entitlement and that's you know why i go back and forth with using the term qos because on one hand i do want to i've said before i want to challenge what the belief is based on if you hear it what it means but at the same time, I don't want to be associated with those problematic people, with those problematic groups that feel like, you know, and I've talked about this, like I said, with Dom on, on Moan a few times, like just that a lot of fetish spaces are, a lot of internet spaces have been and continue to be white safe spaces. And white people that don't want to admit their privilege, admit their entitlement, the fact that they just blindly lead with it, no matter what we're talking about, and that they can do whatever they want to do. And especially during their playtime, their fantasy time, leave me alone. I do what I want. How dare you question it? And they, you know, people have gotten mad at me that I want to talk about social issues, that I want to talk about politics, that I want to talk about personal responsibility, that if you say you love black men and women, how are you showing it? Because your body is not reparations. Like, please. Oh, my God. If I hear one more time about holes being reparations, I think I'll throw up. Like, oh I can't. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. OK. Again. I can't with that. <laughs> I cannot. I can't. with It's if I'm offended by that, I can only imagine how offended the black community is to hear something that ignorant and that like, you know, so that's what we're dealing with also. And I, and I, you know, like I said, had these conversations where I'm like, I know why I'm trying to use this term to change it, but is it worth it? Is mm. it worth it? Because mm. there's so much because, and again, to speak to your point about, first of all, I want to say two things. I do not use the N word because I have no right to use it and I have no interest in using it. And I don't understand in what way, shape or form it shows love or respect or anything other than white privilege to think that I can use it. And I've actually been frustrated that I've been compared to, um, you know, because again, I do this blend of femdoms, a little bit of porn, content creation, et cetera, uh, real life play, you know, we're swingers in our lifestyle, we're all over the place. 
bag I've gotten compared to so many porn stars who I feel like I somebody like Spring Thomas, for instance, who I had no idea was partially known for literally not only using the N-word, but being super disrespectful to the black men in the content she was making. And I guess part of the reasoning was so they would fuck her harder or something, or like she wanted them to be disrespectful and degrade her. It was what got her off, but she degraded them first. I'm submissive to black men, so I can't relate to that. And I was like, I don't want to be compared to that right. because that's assuming all sorts of different things about me. And and if somebody's familiar with her because she's from, you know, whatever, the early 2000s, et cetera, they're going to assume things about me. And I don't want I don't want that. I don't like that. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that you are. I'm glad that you are debunking all this because, again, I was highly, highly nervous about interviewing to you today because it's like, again, we're talking about a subject matter that one again makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It makes me uncomfortable, but also I don't want to make you, my guests, feel uncomfortable. Like I'm not trying here to badger you. It's more of like I'm trying to understand this because this is clearly. A popular thing. And what I like to do at Earplay, I like to confront those popular things, even if it is as controversial. So it makes me happy to know that you do recognize there is a difference of this lifestyle where it is highly prob- problematic and where it cannot. And I can I could see and understand that. And I would only hope that, you know, people listening who might be in this lifestyle would also understand and recognize their own flaws. Because again, when we're in kink spaces, what you do in kink spaces usually is in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. But I cannot, I cannot condone the things that you might do outside of a kink space in your regular vanilla day-to-day life. And I think that's where the biggest disconnect comes from is, you know, the moment we have another uh, partner of color, we get this sense of entitlement that we're allowed to say whatever the fuck we want to say. We're allowed to objectify this person in any way, shape, or form, but also validate it with, but my partner's black. It's just as derogatory when you say, well, my friend is black, so, you know, I can just say what I want to say. No, no, no. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way at all. And so let's talk about your activism. You know, you have... First of all, I love what you say on your website, you know, talking about westernization and how the House of Anaconda is educating privileged men about the truth of whitewashed history. Thank you for that. Um, The lasting corruption of colonization and how to make amends through donation and service. So House of Anaconda, let's talk about it. You know, what are you guys, what is the main focal point? How did this get started? Again, hearing your journey, it's like I'm understanding and I'm really gravitating to that because it's an honest story if you will and i appreciate, I appreciate it well yeah um i mean house of, so house of anaconda is the modeling agency um you know we do a lot of different promotion and always free promotion for black content creators black owned businesses um and i guess the activism partially started in realizing that being a qos was already a trigger and i was attracting a certain audience but within that speaking the way that I did about, no, you need to actually respect your black kings and queens. You need to listen to them. You need to offer your services, offer your tributes, like with nothing in return, you know, like that was the energy I was leading with. So I was attracting a lot of subs that did have this white guilt. And, you know, again, Dom and I talk about this all the time where they have this white guilt and they don't know where to put it, Mm -hmm. or they have these feelings, these feelings of insecurity or or inferiority even, or um, maybe for a long time they had racist feelings of resentment um, towards how they can't compare to black men or they got cheated on with, you know, a girl who cheated on them with a black man and then told them like, he's so much better than you. I want nothing to do with you. Like these, these are real things that happen all the time to white guys. And they don't have anybody who wants to talk about that because, you know, there's that hot wife community where there's a, you know, a loving cuckold partner and he is more than happy to watch her have sex with whoever, um, and that's a whole different dynamic than the, a lot of the guys that I attract that feel they almost have certain feelings of like that incel kind of feeling of like, I'm never going to please a woman. I'm never going to find a, a match. I'm never going to find a woman. And they kind of don't know where to put that energy or they're like I said, they feel resentment towards black men and or women 
for these feelings of insecurity and where do they put that? And a lot of times they end up sexualizing it and like sexualize their inferiority feelings. And I did not want to see them coming online, jerking off for free, and then just going back out in the world and potentially being angry, resentful, um, anti-women, anti-black people, you know, possibly even dangerous, you know, that we, we see all the time that like guys that lead with this inferiority complex or these incel feelings can become genuinely dangerous. Hell um, the so, fuck yes. <laughs> yeah. So I was glad to see that I was having an audience respond to me trying to teach them, teach them, like literally I'm having a conversation on say Sex Panther about education, like about books, of, like about the ISIS papers, like giving a homework assignment. And people think that's crazy. They're like, well, no, they're just jerking off. I'm like, well, sometimes they're not jerking off or sometimes they're in chastity. And sometimes it starts as a kinky conversation and it leads to something bigger. Like I've done, I've had so many calls with um, with different guys, you know, coming from a different place that just want to put these feelings somewhere, want to be able to even just talk about them, talk about these things, these thoughts and these feelings that they have, these frustrations that they have, and what can I do with it? So I've groomed, like, because that's the other thing. Some of these subs, when they're dealing with this white guilt thing, they're like sexualizing me as a race traitor, quote unquote. And I groom them and I get them to put it in a place that's more useful, these feelings of service to the point where it's not even about porn anymore. It's not about BBC anymore. It's about actually making themselves useful. It's about supporting black causes in their, in, in their neighborhood. It's about buying from black owned businesses. It's about, um, I've helped many of them find like through sites like FetLife or whatever, you know, black doms of men and women or mm-hmm. couples in their community that now they are a domestic servant to. Interesting. You know, so the so the kink play that gets involved is dictated by, you know, the black superiors in that dynamic, but I pushed them to it. So I feel like I'm helping, you know, instead of like I said, just letting them have all their energy go into just <laughs> hate jerking online, probably not even paying for content, to actually feeling like this there's something I can do to make this part of my lifestyle to feel like I'm I don't know, a better person for it, or at least putting it somewhere that's constructive and useful. And, you know, we also were able, are able, uh, we focus a little more on the ACLU now, specifically organizationally, but for years we were raising so much money for Black Lives Matter, specifically the, um, I was in Ohio for a while and the Cleveland chapter actually reached out to me and they're just like, we keep getting donations on behalf of Lady Anaconda and on behalf of House of Anaconda. Like, what's going on? Like, who are you guys? Right. You know, and that was just because I knew that I, just like you see certain white women that know the power of being white online, being a beautiful white woman online. People just, they gravitate, they want to listen to you for whatever reason. You have to use that voice with a purpose. You have to take the responsibility of that and use it and direct the attention, direct, you know, uh, that energy somewhere positive. So we knew we could do that from the beginning and uh, we made it a priority. Louder for the folks in the back, because again, I'm glad that you, you recognize your privilege as a white woman. That's hard. I think accountability is very hard in this day and age to take accountable for you take accountability for your actions and especially in sex lifestyle spaces you have to take accountability for your actions because unfortunately this lifestyle any lifestyle in general already gets flack for what it is because it's not mm. monogamous it's not heterosexual and add race into it it's like we're still not comfortable talking about black and white issues i'm sure some people probably have tuned out already because the amount of times that we're saying white this black that but the fact of the matter is is hello it is what it is this is where we're living now you know and now i'm hearing about another term um queen of clovers which i guess is the reverse which i find even more controversial because now you got black women or they're saying how do they say it hold on i have to go to my resources just to make sure i'm quoting this correct but um they're saying that queen of clovers is basically the reverse opposite so it's women who only solely 
date white men. But I'm like, mm-hmm. doesn't that defeat the purpose of QRS lifestyle or BNWO lifestyle? Because you're amplifying the minorities. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, how is that different from what's been done for centuries in terms of the fact that white males, I mean, first of all, they've used their economic privilege to control, manipulate, and convince women to date them when they had no business dating most Mm. of the women that they have. Uh, So I don't really even understand like how you're so triggered that you need to create a new space for that. Like, I don't even understand. Like, that's not... (laughs) Yeah, it's like the like, it's like the those idiots a couple what was it two years ago that wanted to do a, a straight pride parade because mm, they were right. tired of seeing gay pride in the month of June. It's like, motherfuckers. Like, Where's the men's social club? You know, like the on campus. What do you mean? There's a the African American cultural <laughs> center. There should be a white cultural center. It's just like everybody has been sub. That's even. I mean, it it, it it's every aspect of life, right? So people are talking about how there's a black aerial and oh my god that's so that's so ridiculous it's like everybody has had to watch just white princesses for how many years 70 plus years like yes. what do you mean it's white has been they tried to make white the standard for so for our our whole lives like yeah. it's so we're having a surgence of people being like wait that doesn't make any sense there's this and there's this and there's so to just be so triggered and to act like white needs a spotlight is just disgusting it it, opinion, it is personally. it's it's honestly just a little bit embarrassing because again it's like yeah, it's cringe <laughs> it's super cringe and again it brings me back to why i cannot participate in race play because one i don't want to be reminded of what i am I get reminded when I go to bed. I get reminded when I go, you know, wake up and do my job. I'm reminded of that. Mm-hmm. You know, if we really want to get into a deep, I'm judged by being a black woman by my paycheck because I'm black and I'm a woman. But we don't want to talk about that. Right. People don't want to hear that shit. You know, people don't want the accountability. Like, you know, again, like you were saying, it's like we've got white people, white men and women that they can't they can't take on all that it is and they feel like the first thing they focus on is so you're saying i'm a bad person and we're saying that society itself has been tried we've tried to dictate this way that white is the standard and you need to change it like it's your responsibility as a white person to challenge that and say no absolutely not we should all be judged by the content of our character and if you can't even just accept a little bit of accountability for that what's What's your character say about you? You know, it's not about that you have to take all of it on just your shoulders, but you have to be like, how are you going to call yourself an ally? How are you going to say that you care about anybody else? If you can't even have a conversation that maybe makes you a little uncomfortable about things that have really happened and the way the world still is trying to work to have white supremacy be this standard, it's, you should be upset by it. You should be repulsed by it if you... You don't if you know that everybody is equal if you know that all people deserve respect it should enrage you so to instead try to fight against it just that shows your character yeah and even like in your in your playtime if you want if you have you know your hot wife and you have black kings that you play with all the time do you check on them do do you know what they're going through do you know what their lifestyle is outside of you taking it balls deep like what what is it like is it do you see this person as a dildo that you play with on Fridays or is this a person that you have a relationship with that you care about that you you know check in with that you know what's going on with them that when something's going on you're checking in like hey how are you hey everything okay like just do you care or do you just feel so privileged to be able to continue to go be white and privileged in society that you don't have to take that time to stop and ask those questions and care. Yeah, everybody wants their escape and their fantasy and their fun and everybody, but everybody deserves that. So if somebody's really dealing with something and you don't even care, what is, I don't know, just what does it say about you? So let's get into some controversy as if we're not. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, well, let's start. (laughs) Let's start, right? No, honestly, this has been great to get this, this point of view. Wheels are turning. A friend of Earplay tweeted three years ago, actually now four years ago, this. Getting a Queen of Spades tattoo does not make you down, pro-black in any way. 
spade is a racial epithet. The phrase comes from blacker the ace of spades, a negative way to refer to black people. A QOS tattoo is still about ownership of black bodies, not honoring and respecting them. Where yep. do you fall when you hear a comment like this? Um, I think that that has been the exact problem for a very long time because the term has been mostly used by entitled white couples within the hot wife cuckolding lifestyle space. I think that one of the reasons um, BNWO and uh, Dom's, King Dom is not the only person I talked to about this. Um, Pharaoh Perfect, cuck matchmaker, he's another mm-hmm. amazing uh, black king that is very passionate about developing these BNWO spaces because the point of the space is to give a place to black superiors who understand that they're going to be fetishized and sexualized just for being black no matter what, but that there are these submissives that want to be in a position of serving, um, that want to be in that position of submission. Um, That's me, myself. I want to make it clear that I do not tell black men or women what to do. I do not have any interest in being in anything but a submissive role and I take their lead so being in a BNWO space for me feels like home because I'm not in any other position but then one of support one of being an ally and in terms of you know kink play I am submissive to the black king that I'm playing with and I am dominant to the white cuck that I am playing with and that's just across the board I'm never dominant with black men or women, uh, black kings or queens. Um, I want to have these controversial conversations so I can learn and learn, you know, how they feel about things because I understand that not everybody is as comfortable with these terms being used, um, these spaces that, you know, like you're saying, like really embrace the reality of the fetishization that's been going on for so long and trying to reclaim it in some way for their benefit like you know you go on a spaces and sir goldie and king dom will be teaching other black men how to financially you know use financial domination Mm -hmm. like they just they they enjoy it they like it they also know that there's no stopping it so they would rather create their own space for it rather than um you know the problematic elements of you know a lot of the propaganda you see for qos propaganda you see for bnwo is created by entitled white subs who may or may not even serve anybody pay anybody they're just making content that you know goes along with their kinks so it's not about trying to benefit black people it's not about trying to respect or understand what black men or women enjoy want to engage in what their kinks are they don't care it's all about them but this is a space that challenges that and only attracts subs male or female or trans or you know however you identify that want to be in a submissive role to black doms and want to have that experience and want to support you know black empowerment and you know uh, I wanted to mention when we were talking about you know the uh, white women thinking that they have any right to use the n-word that was one of the comparisons that was made in this recent controversy, this back and forth that I was having with people that are outside of the BNWO lifestyle and also Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, you know, for instance, not somebody that seems like would even date a white woman feeling like I have no right to use the term spate either. And I 1000% understand that and I would never invalidate that. But again, I've been unfortunately in my lifestyle surrounded by black men and women who have not shared that perspective with me of saying that you shouldn't use this term. They've said, what does it mean to you? What are you doing to be a better QOS? What do you mean elite QOS? What does that, what does that mean? What is the difference and, between the elite versus just the regular queen? Well, again, now, and now I'm like, you know, again, questioning if it's even worth, like I said, the last few years, I've really been questioning if it's even worth using these terms, mm-hmm. trying to read anything. But elite QOS to me is a woman who her partner is a black king and her cucks are subs and they serve the black king in a submissive way because some cucks, you know, they might clean up a cream pie, but that doesn't mean that they're being respectful or submissive 
or obedient even to the Black king in question. Right. You know, being um, so the women in the House of Anaconda, for instance, um, most of us are married to our Black kings and most of us are actually, are, like, I'm late, like, with having a baby. Like, we're all in real-life relationships, but we have our kink play. We are in real-life relationships, but we have our fetish play that we enjoy, just like you know, different women that have different kinks and they're content creators, but they live this real life. Right. You know, right. We it's, somehow we can understand that. Somehow we can understand that, oh, this woman and her husband, like they like to, they both get fucked by black men. Like he, he gets, he's sucking and fucking over here too. And nobody questions that. That's their lifestyle. They're not just doing it for content. Yeah. I think there is a little bit of controversy when you talk about uh, adult creators, especially for someone like yourself, you know, who a couple months ago tweeted um, a photo, you Mm -hmm. pregnant and talking about your seed. And I remember Mm -hmm. that caused a massive massive social media rip not just on twitter but on instagram and then it was also in why i wanted to bring you on the show because i was like wow oh wow this is bringing Mm -hmm. up a lot so let's get into that so long story short people you know went along the lines of saying well, how can you put your child who's unborn at the moment, you're about to drop the baby, um, but how can you put your child out there? They did not consent to this lifestyle. They did not consent to this kink. How can you disrespect this this child as a mother in, in breeding a, bringing up a breeding fetish and all this? And I'm like, I see what people are saying on that because, yes, we, you know, Whenever we're taking photos of our children until they can actually consensually speak about having their photo taken, we are going against their consent. I see Mm -hmm. where people are saying that. The breeding fetish and all that, I could not understand because, again, I'm not a part of the BNWO. I am not part Mm -hmm. of this breeding community. I am not taking pride in getting bred at all. That's just not mm-hmm. my thing. I mean, hell, dare I say, now listening to it, I'm like, shit, am I vanilla? No, I'm not vanilla, but I'm vanilla to an extent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is just like, did you feel at any point, and do you feel at any point, that some of these people may have been right? That maybe what I did post was a little bit out there maybe I should have done better as far as terminology and talking about my black anaconda you know my my baby anaconda as you said (laughs) I mean I call my mother mama anaconda but like you know it's just so for me it was just like that's just a term I use because I'm not putting people's names out there Mm -hmm. um but also I mean I talked to my friend Pagan about this a lot because I was telling him I was like I understand that I'm you know I say the black my my baby anaconda but i'm still i'm a pregnant woman i'm not holding my baby in my arms so when did i lose my autonomy as a woman to be pregnant to be feel beautiful to be proud and i guess at the end of the day one of the reasons people are always going to dislike me is because i'm well aware that i'm controversial and i don't run away from it because i en- me and my king kind of enjoy blurring those lines between what's reality and what's fantasy right we do, um, because we are living a very stable lifestyle together, have been together for years now. We are best friends. We love each other. We run the company together. Um, like I said, we go to swinger events together. Um, but sometimes I he's with one of his side women and I'm out in L.A. shooting porn. Like mm-hmm. we have a very open, very trusting, we're, you know, our phones are synced up. We're so connected. There are no lies. There are no secrets between us. We we've had girlfriends before that we're both dating at the same time. Um, so we just have this very open idea of what it means to be in a relationship already. And then when we play with these different like kink triggers, when we play with these different fetishes for the purpose of either just 
connecting with the audience, whether it's or selling content or having sessions, or if it's just something that we enjoy, um, I understand that I'm kind of blurring lines there because I'm not out here preaching to, for instance, white women that have a white partner to get breeded by one of her play partners. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm never you can't find that. I'm I'm not out here doing that. I'm not do I'm not telling women that they should all have babies no matter what the relationship status is because I know that I'm in a completely different dynamic. I know that I'm in a completely different relationship. In fact, sometimes I don't even want to try and speak to white women in those cuckold dynamics unless they seek me out and they they want to hear something from me because I understand that it's completely different for me to be I would be offline having this baby with my black king out of love regardless mm-hmm. but because I'm seen as lady anaconda and because I have this room where I play I don't mind indulging in using some of those fetish triggers with my audience if that makes sense but I have no intention of actually directly involving my child to me I saw myself as a pregnant woman a pregnant queen of spades a pregnant black owned vixen if you will and I wasn't going to hide the fact that I was pregnant I was going to hide the fact that I'm having a child but I can see why people in general get very uncomfortable when any sex worker any content creator makes any content when they're pregnant they just don't they it makes them uncomfortable and they don't like it and i mean we could go down the whole long road of just in general the same people that consume sexual content will be so quick to get on their high horse about who does what and how and you know that they shouldn't feel comfortable with this but they should feel comfortable with that um but i i don't necessarily have regrets because I'm going to, no matter how I word something, I'm going to offend somebody. And I know the truth. I know that I love my partner. He loves me. We love our child and we have no intention of bringing our actual child into anything non-consensually. And I think it's weird when women are half naked or popping ass or whatever. And the next picture they post after that post is their child. Because, uh, like... (laughs) Somebody who's looking at that picture is in a heightened sexual state and then mm-hmm. they're looking at directly at your child. Or even you're posting pictures of your child on Facebook, people can figure out what park you're hanging out at and where you're going and what you So, you know, like you like you said, like just in general, you're posting your kids non non-consensually all the time and not even thinking about how many pervs are out there non-consensually, having all sorts of thoughts and fantasies. So I mean, I understand that a lot of people that may be offended feel like they're coming from, you know, a good place and trying to help me see something that maybe they think I don't see. But to me, I was just happy and proud. And I also knew that I could fuck with some heads. Like it's kind of, unfortunately, that simple for me. No, I (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. That's well said. And again, thank you for rolling with the punches because I know it's not easy to discuss something like this and especially because again you're about to give life and I want to be respectful to not upset you or you know or anyone in that matter but I really do appreciate you speaking out about that because it was it was hot I was like whoa what the fuck is going on you know it was brought to my attention I was like I'm not on Twitter but I'm about to creep on my shadow band or my band content right now to see what the fuck (laughs) everybody's talking about and then it carried over to instagram i'm like all right what yeah. the hell is somebody going straight on? up posted my they posted my twitter post on their instagram profile to like and i just hope that they got the clout they wanted i hope they got the attention that they wanted because i've never used their name for attention i have no need no interest whenever anybody brings that person up to me i say that they have a different approach they live a different lifestyle you can we have certain places we overlap but I don't have an issue with that person and I'm not really sure why they felt the need to try to police my existence, but you know, more power to them. Like I said, I hope they got the clout they wanted from that, but I'm used to being controversial. Um, it's also, like I said, it comes from a place of my King thinking that there's so many more important things going on. You know, people that are kids being killed in schools, people that can't drive their car without getting pulled over and afraid they're going to get shot. Like he just, feels like there's more important things to talk about and if we get distracted bickering with each other 
about how we dictate our our kink play or our content or our relationships. It's just we're you're being blinded by you know what's more important. So that's you know we, coming from my household of like this doesn't matter, but this does. And to other people, they're like, what do you mean that does? Oh my God, that's so... No, I can't relate to it because that's not... That's not you. That's not who you are. That's not That's not how we live. Yeah, yes. that's not... And that's not the people that I have in my, in my world, in my lifestyle, you know? Like some people think that the ethical race play element of the BNWO is the most offensive thing ever. But I think that white people that think that they have every right to say or do whatever they want just because they're white is the most disgusting thing ever so we have different opinions on what's cool and what's not i guess and like salt and pepper used to say opinions are just like assholes everybody's got one that's right you can't please everybody you no. can't you know no so if people want to be mad that i try to ask questions just so i can not be in an echo chamber and and, and you know because some people some of my friends were like oh why are you trying to engage with people outside the lifestyle they're outsiders to the lifestyle they don't understand they don't care they they probably find any term that we use or anything that we do offensive. And I'm like, yeah, but I still need to know. Mm -hmm. I need to know because maybe I'll learn something that's like, oh, wait, I didn't think about it like that. I'm not comfortable with that. Okay, I can, you know what I mean? I don't want to just live in an echo chamber and have it just be everybody around me is like, you're fine, you're fine. Everything you're doing is fine. That's not useful. Like I said, I got on the phone when that whole thing happened. Um, I got on the phone with a few of my friends and they asked me tough questions to get me to really think about it. And I was just like, that that was my main thing. I was like, well, I last time I checked, I was an autonomous woman who's pregnant and I'm not, I'm not my child, I am me. So does that count for nothing? So, but it also gave me things to think about and I appreciated that, so. And I love that. Well, my goodness, time flies when you are having so much realness being served. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Oh my goodness. Lady Anaconda, thank you so much for joining the show. Where can the earbuds get in touch with you? LadyAnacondaHOA.com is going to have all my links. That's going to be, you know, not just my clip stores, but it's going to be links to anything House of Anaconda. Um, it's going to have links to different Black-owned businesses that I work with and promote. Um, you can also directly tribute to the ACLU right from my website. And it's going to have all my social media as well as um, my little shop. So LadyAnacondaHOA.com is just your one-stop shop for everything. Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> Can't talk now. <laughs> and ear You're like, this girl really ran with those punches. For okay. real, for real, for real. Got me all tongue-tied and twisted over here. Earbuds, you know where you can find me, at Ms. Radio Sapphire, at Sapphire's Earplay, on Instagram. Stop saying I'm on Twitter. Y'all, it is gone. You can see a little bit, and I think the last pin you could see is the tweet that got me banned off of Twitter. But um, I am not on Twitter, so please stop saying I'm on Twitter. Also on the Moan app, Ms. Radio Sapphire. Ms. Sapphire for your extra fucking nasty. And of course, right here, Sapphire's Earplay. MsRadioSapphire.com is under construction, but you can still go there, catch up on all the episodes, because in April, I'm going to be coming back. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off because, you know, I've been giving y'all just nonstop specials since January. And we'll come resume in mid-April with more specials to come. Remember that safe sex is the best hot sex. Till next time, good night. That was the show, all you sexy motherfuckers out there. Remember to follow at Ms. Radio Sapphire and Sapphire's Earplay on Instagram. Want some eargasms of the past and future? Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all streaming platforms.